Hey podcast fans, and welcome to the Clockwork Riot Lightcast. You may notice that I might mention videos quite a bit. I've relaunched the Clockwork Riot Lightcast as a video podcast, so if you want to see the full version of the podcast, be sure to check out youtube.com slash goclockworkriot. However, due to popular demand, I do still host the audio-only version, which you are listening to now. Now, because of this reboot, some episode numbers may be a bit out of line, but Rest assured, you can still find all of the episodes right here. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Clockwork Riot Lightcast Episode 2. This is a video format podcast, which is question and answer. You ask me questions about gold making and World of Warcraft, I answer them on the next episode of the podcast. So, this is our second episode. You guys sent in a lot of great questions in the comments of the previous video, and I'm going to get to all of them, I believe, this episode. If you're listening to this and you have a gold-making question, feel free to put it in the comments to this video, and it will come out in the next episode. That's how that works. Awesome stuff. I am Fade. I write the gold blog clockworkriot.com, which is all about making gold in World of Warcraft, and let's get started. Our first question comes from Confuseldish. My main is a minor jewel crafter. If I made an enchanting alt, would it be beneficial to farm or prospect it, create green quality rings and necks, then DE them for mats? Or would it be a profit loss? Is there a better way to make gold? What you've essentially described is part of the shuffling process, turning ore into other things, which often will end at the enchanting mats, just as you said, making the jewelry, disenchanting them, using the mats to make enchant scrolls, that kind of stuff. Different people do the shuffle different ways, but that's one of the main ways to do it. If your intent is to do the shuffle with self-farmed ore, if you're going to go out and mine the ore yourself to prospect, you will probably see a decent, it, it will lower your costs, definitely, and as opposed to just buying enchanting mats. However, the question becomes, is it going to lower it enough to make up for the amount of time you're going to have to spend mining to keep your enchants stocked up on the auction house? And that's where it comes down to. If you're just going to be farming anyways, then yeah, go ahead, it should lower the amount you spend per enchanting scroll. However, most people who shuffle tend to shuffle with materials they buy from other people. They buy bulk ore and shuffle that. Now, as for determining if that's going to be a profit, we have another question a little bit later in this episode that's going to ask pretty much the same question. So stay tuned and I'll talk about some resources you can use to figure out if shuffling is going to give you a better benefit than just buying the enchanting materials. Our next question comes from 96 War Obelisk. I'm having a slow time making gold on my main server. My main character has maxed out blacksmithing with all of the epic claxi patterns. Now normally that could make me insane amounts of profit, but I just struggle with Spirits of Harmony making and flipping between tunes to level. My question is, what is a good profession that nets good profit without spirits? I also have a max jewel crafter, 550 alchemist, and 525 leather worker, and an engineer. I know your question is a different profession that makes gold without spirits, but before we get into that, I do want to recommend make sure that you're doing your tillers farming every day because that can net you 1.6 Spirits of Harmony each day. And then also, if you feel like farming, I do have some videos about farming Spirits of Harmony here on this channel. However, I fully get the idea of not wanting to farm spirits. So, as for your actual question, what's a good profession that nets profit without spirits? You've got a jewel crafter, alchemist, leather worker, and engineer. Rather than focus on just one profession as the one you're going to make gold with, use all the professions. Now, alchemy, the flask market is much healthier now than it was in Cataclysm. But it's still, as far as making things to sell, isn't quite where the other crafting professions are. But you can look into the flask market on your server. I recommend checking out the Undermine journal for your server and just checking under Alchemy. However, before we get into other professions, blacksmithing and leatherworking. If you want to be able to craft stuff that sells without 
needing t tons of spirits of harmony get the initial spirits of harmony to buy all the pvp crafted gear the 450 gear i think it's 26 spirits of harmony per profession could totally be wrong there but uh I, it's been a while since i counted but it's around there and buy those patterns and once you have the patterns they don't take any spirits of harmony and uh the blacksmithing gear has been you know i make the pvp holy the pvp dps and the tank gear and it is my most profitable thing in the entire expansion so far and that's just from blacksmithing and you can do it with both blacksmithing and leatherworking so lucky you likewise be sure to make the 450 jewel crafting jewelry granted you don't even need spirits of harmony to buy those patterns so that'll help you out quite a bit so yeah 450 everything uh crafted pvp gear crafted tank gear jewelry check your alchemy for undermine journal engineering uh i would recommend looking into ghost iron dragonlings and the tinkers gears that go with them the tinkers gears only take two ghost iron bars to make and depending on if engineers are stupid on your server or not you can often get a huge profit from these you know 100 gold plus of course if you're unfortunately on a dumb engineer server a lot of times they go a little bit lower but keep an eye on that market. I can usually get some pretty good sales out of that as well. I would also, I know you didn't list this in the professions you have, but if you're leveling characters, maybe it's coming up the ranks. Enchanting is another one that I've found makes a lot of gold with no spirits of harmony necessary. Even if you're not willing to do the rep grinding, because I know I'm not willing to do the rep grinding, a lot of the enchants sell very, very well. Likewise, Inscription doesn't worry too much about spirits of harmony. It's got some stuff it can craft with them, and it's needed for the Dark Moon Fair cards, but... As far as glyphs and such go, as well as the shoulder enchants, you don't need any Spirits of Harmony. As far as gold making without Spirits of Harmony at all, I recommend Inscription and Enchanting. Um, as far as your particular situation, I recommend making all the 450 gear that you can make with your Jewel Crafter, Leatherworker, and Blacksmith. Uh, engineering, Cogwheels, and the Ghost Iron Dragonling, that's what it's called. And then just check out Alchemy. Alchemy is really hit or miss on a lot of servers, so I'm always hesitant to be like, go sell this with Alchemy. But if you're on one of those good servers, Alchemy can be very good to you, so be sure to check that out as well. For our next question, Gristle asks, what are the, some of the older enchants you make gold on and why? Just trying to learn why some older enchants sell so high. And is there any you can get from older factions that are worth grinding out? Yes, there are. As for older enchants, what I personally sell, and I'll tell you what I know a few other people sell, but this is just what I sell. Um, I sell Crusader to weapon. This is because it's usually one of the better strength-based enchants for heirloom weapons. And that comes as a zone drop in Eastern Plateland, specifically from the Scarlet Archmage to farm for that. And then I sell Mighty Intellect Weapon, that's 22 int to weapon, that comes from the Thorium Brotherhood, which you can grind out in an afternoon, it doesn't take too long, and that is pretty much the best caster enchant. Some people like to go with Spell Power, which comes from Molten Core, but with the reworking of int, almost everyone will prefer int, so that would be our strength, DPS, and our casters, what about our agility users? The agility enchants for both one and two-handed, so that's going to cover your rogues, your monks, your druids, all that stuff, comes from Timbermaw. They really nerf Timbermaw, so it, t it doesn't take very long to farm at all. So that pretty much covers your heirloom weapon enchants. Furthermore, you could try selling sniper scopes, which are the best plus damage scope that can be put on the heirloom bow, I believe. I sell maybe one a month. Most people don't really care too much about scopes, and if they do, they're willing to take a cheap one. While enchants, because it glows, everyone likes way more. 
Speaking of glows, I also sell the Fiery Enchant. Fiery Enchant's very easy to get. You get it in BRD, and the the materials to make it are actually very easy to come by, so you can sell it relatively cheap. However, it's also known as that cheap enchant that can get you a cool glow on your weapon. <laughs> at least that's how I know a lot of people I know look at it. So a lot of people just will buy cheap Fiery Enchants, you know, maybe 100 gold here or there, just to have a cool-looking weapon. So I sell that as well. I also sell plus four stats to chest. This is greater stats, I believe. This is a world drop. As far as heirloom enchants go, this will probably be the hardest one to come by. I know people who have spent up to 25,000 gold for the pattern, probably more. I would recommend putting it on a sort of snatch list and keep an eye out for cheap ones. Because people often don't realize how valuable they just say plus four stats, who cares about that? They might put it up for cheap on the auction house. So keep an eye out, and that is a very valuable one to have. That's the best plus stats that you can put on an heirloom chest piece, and that's why it's so valuable. Furthermore, with heirlooms, I also sell the Enchant Cloak Stealth. Now, despite the name, it's not just for druids and rogues. It gives them eight agility and eight dodge. So it is a pretty good one just for general tanks as well. And so it sells quite well. A lot of people don't make it. And the materials, if you have them on a snatch list, you can usually get quite a bit for cheap. This, uh, I believe it can drop somewhere, but the easiest way to guarantee you're going to get it is to grind Scenarian Expedition to Exalt it, because you get a really nice mount as well. And so I would recommend grinding that one out as well. You can just do the uh, three coil thing Reservoir Heroics once a day and you'll get your rep pretty quick. I believe those are all of the ones that I sell. I know a lot of people talk about doing things like Executioner and Sunfire. Uh, Executioner comes from a vendor in Netherstorm. Sunfire dropped in Karazhan. A lot of the BC enchants had very nice graphics. So when people just want a really cool looking glow on their weapon, a lot of people will go to that. However, there aren't very many people who are going to spend lots of gold for a cool glow. And so it might be worth looking into, but it won't sell nearly as well as things that actually have a demand, such as heirloom enchants. So generally speaking, those are the low-level enchants that I would sell, the ones that I mentioned before, and where pretty much all of them come from. There are some very nice glove enchants, most of which I believe drop in AQ40. However, since there's no heirloom glove slot yet, there really isn't as much of a demand unless, you know, someone's being a PvP twink or something of that sort. And since I don't play on a PvP server, that really doesn't come up very often, and so that's why I don't sell it. If you play on a PvP server, you may want to look into those glove enchants. For our next question, Chaser1285 asks, The market my question is on is jewel crafting, specifically jewelry and gems. Which is pretty much what jewel crafting does, isn't it? <laughs> These competitors treat the JC market like it's the glyph market, all day camping and constant undercutting. My question to you is how do you compete with these campers? I can't possibly stay online all day making sure I'm the cheapest, but they obviously have that option. Thanks. I also have a second question if you can get to it. We'll get to it, but let's answer them one at a time. The gem market, when treated like the glyph market, is kind of an interesting thing because the reason that people are so apt to canceling and reposting in the glyph market is because it really doesn't cost them anything. The glyphs have a very, very low deposit cost, and so you really don't lose anything by canceling and reposting other than a bit of time. While with jewel crafting, because the gems have a significantly higher vendor value than the glyphs, you usually end up paying a significantly higher deposit cost. And so constant undercutting will actually hurt you a lot more in the jewel crafting market than it will in the glyph market. If I were in this situation, I was competing with people like that. Luckily, that hasn't really happened in our gem market quite yet. But if it was happening in mine, I'd go to the Undermine Journal page from my realm and check out my comp my competitors. 
when do they post? How often? You know, do they post all day and all night? If so, report them for botting. But basically, if someone's not botting, there's a window that they aren't posting. And so you can sneak in some sales during that window, have them added to your friends list, wait for them to log off, then post right afterwards. Stuff like that. Just simple ways to work around them without necessarily driving them out. Because, like I mentioned, the deposit cost is much higher on gems than on glyphs, I probably wouldn't try to compete head-to-head -head with a gem seller like this because you could often end up spending more than you're making if you're constantly undercutting them. Another thing you could do is just try and bottom out the market. Try and sell the basically a little bit over cost. If they're really not making very much gold, they'll start thinking, is this really worth my time? And you might be able to drive them out and then eventually raise the prices back up. However, the thing about gems is it's not quite as easy as, oh, I know how much they're spending per gem because it's so random what you're going to get. You, They might be shuffling. If so, how much do they pay for their ore? On my server, ore can go from two gold per piece to five gold per piece. And so if they bought all of their ore back when it was two gold per piece, and I buy all of my ore when it's five gold per piece, they will have a significantly lower profit threshold than I will. And so they will be able to basically say, hey, he tanked the market, whatever, I'm still making plenty of gold and keep posting. And so it's kind of a risky thing to do, but it's worth a shot. I will say, no matter what, if you do this, don't post a loss. That's just asking for someone to buy you out and repost and you just screwed yourself. Make sure that whatever you're selling it at is a price that you would be happy to get for it. Granted, I'm sure you'd be happier waking, making way more off of that. However, make sure even if you go low, you don't go too low. Chaser's second question is, how do you push someone out of a market? I recently am having a lot of new competitors in the Wrath, Epic, and Rare Gem markets, and I've seen my profits go down. Any special tactics you can share? Thanks. It's kind of interesting to see someone saying they're having new uh, competition in the Wrath Epic gem market. Uh, this most recent patch made Anixia significantly more soloable, and every time she dies, she drops an ashen sack of gems, which has at least one Wrath uncut epic gem in it. And so I actually kind of wondered if the market would start to tank as people who are farming that mount started selling off the gems that they were getting. So I think it's kind of interesting that this popped up. Regardless, if they're also doing the rare gem market, it sounds more like they're shuffling. Now... My first question would be, how long has this person been around? If they've only been selling stuff for a few days, maybe a week or so, and they haven't been completely, you know, constantly restocking, it's possible they are either cleaning out a bank or just leveled jewel crafting and are just getting rid of what they have. So I'd, if it hasn't been too long, I'd wait it out and see if they just disappear on their own. Because generally speaking, I mean, since you're in the market, I'm sure you can see that the market can make gold. However, most people wouldn't really consider it a pet market, you know? No one's saying, yep, I own my server's wrath epic gem market. You know, it's a great thing to own, but it's not really one of the high-profile markets a lot of people think of when they say, I'm going to go make gold. See if it dies out. These kinds of people don't usually last long. However, if they don't die out, there's really not a whole lot you can do in this situation other than just keep them constantly undercut so they're not making any gold and eventually give up. This kind of thing, it's not like you're eventually going to be able to dishearten them in any other way, because there's so few buyers and so few sellers that they see, okay, so I got this one competitor, they're probably wondering the same thing about you that you are about them. This is really just kind of a weighted out sort of thing. You can't really turn to tactics like, you know, selling really low to try and uh, raise the prices later, or 
just trying to wall the market, because this really isn't a market that those sorts of tactics would work. There's not enough demand for these gems to do those sorts of things. And so this really is just kind of a waiting game. At the end of the day, if you're dealing with strong competitors, my answer is almost always run away, but not really. My answer is always diversify, diversify, diversify. In other words, hey, is that market not going so well for you? Go do another market for a while until this market clears up a bit. The great thing about being able to sell so many things is when something's not going your way, you can go somewhere else and still make just as much gold. I'm kind of a wuss like that. I just go from market to market and I don't really try and do the auction house PvP because most of the time it just ends up hurting everyone, yourself included. When instead of spending all that gold on deposit costs or all that time tracking your competitors' movements, you could instead be making plenty of gold in a market that no one else is in. Our next question comes from Rubik's Guy. How do you go about calculating the mat cost for things like 450 jewel crafting rings and jewel crafting gems? Considering everything is random, you can't simply take and divide it up between all the results approach. I've been buying ore at 30 to 40 gold a stack before the nerf, and it's just sitting there in my mail. I probably had a few thousand stacks. Wondering this so I can get on to selling it. Well, essentially, yeah, you can't do a simple, uh, I'm just going to divide a number and there it is. But there are some people who have made some very detailed spreadsheets, which I imagine work. Exynthus has a great spreadsheet that's out. I'm going to put it in the comments to this video, so check the comment section. And this is also the answer for Confusal Dish's question about figuring out if something's profitable or not. Basically, you'll be able to type in or import your server's information and it'll give you crafting costs, stuff like that. Um, I will go ahead and say this now. I actually, you'll notice I don't talk a lot about numbers and percentages and spreadsheets in my podcast and blogs and stuff. And I will finally come clean about why. I have a dyscalculia. It is a learning disability in regards to numbers. I am terrible at math. Like, there's people who say, oh, I'm bad at math. I barely know my multiplication tables. I mean, I know them, but they're difficult to understand. And so often when people ask for it, well, show me the hard math, Fade. How does this work? How do I calculate this? I'm afraid I can't help you. And if I tried, I'd probably give you a terribly wrong answer. And so I will recommend this spreadsheet to you. I've looked at it. Of course, I don't understand what I'm looking at at all. However, I know Exynthesis work and he does some very good stuff. So I recommend you guys check out this spreadsheet. Like I said, it will be in the comments and hopefully that will answer your question better than I could ever hope to. For our final question, we'll go for one that's a little bit easier for me to answer. Game Masters 2012 asks, what's your favorite color of gem to sell? I like to sell the one that makes the most gold, <laughs> but uh, right now, um, Mists of Pandaria really changed the way that we're going to start dealing with secondary stats, to the point that once people start getting raid gear, most classes, possibly all classes, though I don't know every class in spec, so I can't say, but most classes actually prefer secondary stats to primary stats. So it used to be gem all red gems all the time for DPS players, but now it's pretty much the opposite. I know rep paladins, generally speaking, will gem all yellow gems, which is pretty much the exact opposite of anything I'd seen before. Now, if only someone would really, really want blue gems. <laughs> but, um, so I've started really liking the hybrid cuts more. Well, yes, I do gem straight yellow it, with the rep paladin being able to just attach secondary stats onto primary stats will cater to both people who are trying to get soccer bonuses as well as people who are like, I know that they say I'm supposed to gem all haste, but that doesn't seem right, so I'm just going to go halfway. You'd be surprised how many of those people are out there. Um, 
Anyways, I love just any hybrid cuts, but generally speaking, I really love orange gems because they've, they've got that red in there combined with some of the more viable secondary stats like haste and crit. And with that, that will be the end of this episode of the Clockwork Riot Lightcast. If I missed a question for whatever reason, feel free to repost it in the comments of this one. I think I got all of them, but admittedly, I might have missed one. Thank you so much for hanging out, guys. Like I said, any gold questions, new or old, put them in the comments and I will answer them in the next episode. If you like the podcast, please like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel and tell your friends. It helps out a lot. Thanks so much for hanging out, guys. Have a great day.